Hello, and welcome to the unofficial Game Pass podcast with me, Connor Smith, and the Irish YouTube king, Aldrin Johnson. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> if you're expecting Jacksepticeye, I'm sure you're not the only one who's disappointed. <laughs> oh, this that's, podcast. That's a, that's a low blow, low blow. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast, we review a game from Xbox Game Pass every week, and this week, we are very happy to be looking at Halo Combat Evolved anniversary as part of the master chief collection halo combat evolved anniversary obviously releasing in 2011 which is 10 years from the original halo combat evolved in 2001 which means that this year halo will turn 20 at the release of halo infinite well we don't know that it's exactly releasing on november 15th but you know sometime this year please uh, now, Odrin, what I first want to know is what was your first experience of Halo Combat Evolved? Oh, my first experience. That's a good question, actually, because um, I am someone who started with an Xbox 360 and my first game on that was Halo 3. So I went back uh, initially to play Combat Evolved. And it's actually funny enough because my first experience with Combat Evolved, and you may be expecting it to be the anniversary edition in 2011, but it was actually on the original Xbox Um my cousins at the time when I was living in Sligo, which is in the west of Ireland, uh, had the original Xbox and sort of the stuff like the original PlayStation and PlayStation 2. And I would I would rarely go over to see them. And, and these cousins, by the way, are like 10, 15 years older than me. So when I mean I went over like it was more my parents went over to see my aunt and uncle uh, and I was just kind of there. And they had moved and my cousins had moved out at that house at that stage. So they had an old Xbox, uh, the original Xbox in sort of one of their sort of study rooms. And I remember just going in there while I was over because, you know, as a child at like 15. No, I was, no, I was definitely younger. I was like 10, 11. Um, kind of, you know, you're, you're not really involved in adult conversation. Uh, so I was kind of just thrown in with this Xbox and on it uh, was the, well, actually the only game they had for it was Halo Combat Evolved. Uh, and I remember the time I was obsessed with Halo. I, th this was around the time, I think, of Halo Reach. Uh, so like I didn't have an Xbox at the time, but I loved Halo. I loved the universe around it, and so when I got the chance to play Combat Evolved, I was like, "Oh, anything will do." Um, so yeah, that was kind of my first experience with getting to play Halo Combat Evolved. Oh goodness, that's a that's a late coming to Combat Evolved. Hmm. <laughs> I I have to say I'm I'm very proud that you went to the original Xbox to play it though. Yeah, well, not not by cho not by choice, but I suppose probably still the best option. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you my first experience. So now I was I was born in 1997, so I must have been I must have been four when Halo came out, and I reckon I was about five when I I very vividly remember watching my dad play Halo. Um, I'd stay I'd stay up late at night and watch him play, and I remember it might have been 2002 i'm not sure because i remember there being like spider-man adverts on the telly and like spider-man toys and mcdonald's having adverts so that might have been 2002 but really vividly remember watching my dad play halo and thinking it was awesome so growing up i had the original xbox i had a pikachu nintendo 64 and then my, my brothers had a PlayStation 1 that I play sometimes. So when I was old enough to hold a controller, which, you know, obviously the, the original Duke, I, I can't imagine how I would have got my hands around that, but somehow I managed. <laughs> um, I remember playing with my dad a lot on Halo. I don't remember playing campaign with him much, but I remember going on sort of the multiplayer maps and him just sniping me and... Uh, well, being really unfair and just killing me all the time because I was obviously really bad, a uh, little Connor. Um, but it it was a, a steep learning curve that formed the the master Halo player I am today. Maybe. <laughs> so this this game holds a, a lot of fond memories for me. It's possibly my favorite Halo. I always hold combat evolved and three sort of at the at the same level probably halo three for the the gameplay in the sandbox halo this halo for the for the experience and obviously the the story in this halo this this is bungie's first halo game so 
this was their initial conception of what Halo was. This was before the lore got expanded into more than 20 novels, you know, a huge amount of, no- of, of novels we've got now in the Halo universe. But obviously at the start, we have Master Chief. You are the last of your kind um, against a deadly alien threat. And they always described Master Chief as sort of a Clint Eastwood, talks very little, gets the job done character, and an empty shell or a, or a husk that the player can inhabit. And you see kind of multiple times where Bungies either kind of disregard the the law of the books or aren't really sure where they're going with Halo yet because they describe uh, Chief as a cyborg in some of the the mission descriptions. Uh, launch a one cyborg assault on the control room, for instance, before they really decide that he's uh, a genetically altered human. Hmm. So I think that this kind of tender start to this franchise. I don't know. What what do you think about the, the concept and the, the start, the initial conception, Eldrin? Because I've I've got some thoughts on this. I, I think it's um at and, least Yeah, sorry, go on. I, I will I will open it by saying what, what I will go on to talk about is in this game it definitely feels more more horror than the, the halos that were going to come later in that you have much darker environments and multiple times throughout this campaign where as chief you are alone and somewhat pretty vulnerable but i yeah just give me your thoughts on kind of the the feelings you get going into this game um i will i will touch on what you just said there uh, about you know that sort of horror aspect of this halo in regards to, in comparison to other ones like obviously i feel like uh, this has been this is not a, a new point or a new discovery it's been brought up a few times but that has almost been sort of retconned by the anniversary edition with the change in visuals uh, the original very much has since it's you know running on uh, less superior hardware and you know they need to save on uh, various elements so they cut back on textures and whatnot there is a sort of a horror element to the to the lack of detail that's explored there um I will say though, uh, with regards to sort of what what is my sort of initial reactions to sort of the gameplay and what do I get out of while playing it, um, I, I to explore it I kind of I always go to the one mission that I continuously always remember when when I play in Combat Evolved and it's the second mission Halo where you first land on the ring, um, and there's always that sense of mystery of you know what's out there and it's pro- I don't think Halo has quite captured that since the original game, um at least not to the same scale there's uh, i think halo 4 tried to do that with its first uh, mission when you crash in the fort onto dawn but you still don't get that same level of uh, mystery and sort of uh, what's it majesty and fantasy from it almost but i suppose that's probably from uh, as you mentioned there was so little about the game besides the actual gameplay and a few novels that have been released at the time uh, that players knew about it so there was constantly this element of well what's this what's that what do i know about this and um yeah as, as a first game it definitely intrigues the player and I, I feel like it's a testament to why the franchise is as big as it is now yeah you you raise a lots of really important things there is that the mystery really makes this game the the questions that bungie choose not to answer really do kind of lead the player into a really imaginative experience where they kind of fill in the blanks and have their own story play out rather than have it told to them i think that yeah again the the mission you mentioned halo obviously happens in the the early parts of the campaign where you escape you you flee your your uh damaged ship and land on this strange alien man-made structure uh, a ring world called Halo, and you look up and you know for for two thousand and one to have uh, I think real lighting rendered was was a big thing, and you had the the ring going from horizon to horizon, so that mm. that's a big moment that sticks out in most Halo players' memory. For me, it, it was always the the third was it the third mission? No, fourth mission, the Silent Cartographer, where you land onto an island 
launch an assault and you've got the whole island to explore or go wherever you wish and find out which is the way to go or uh you know it's basically non-linear which is Mm -hmm. fantastic i think exploration in this game hopefully it's what halo infinite is going back to is that is that sense of mystery and exploration and just this vastness of the world but yeah, one one thing you you mentioned, and I should make clear, is that there are basically two versions of this game, and that is the 2001 Halo Combat Evolved and the 2011 Combat Evolved Anniversary. Now you can switch between the the graphics because two en- the two um, I don't know no, it's, I don't know if it's two engines at the same time, but you you can press a button and it will switch to the other graphics. So on one mm. hand, you will have this quite dark, quite eerie visual um, aesthetic where you'll need to use your flashlight. In the anniversary graphics, you probably will never have to use your flashlight apart from the, the first mission because everything is bright. The the blues and greens of the Halo ring, they made kind of orange, and I think they did that to have more of a continue, continuity between games but in so mm-hmm. doing kind of lost some of what made combat evolved really quite unique yeah but i, I actually i just want to add on to that though like both of them have um a good standing and like both of them are are good for their own reasons like i know especially when i when i play combat evolved as much as i always like to play it on the original graphics there is elements of the game where you need to switch over to anniversary because they've made it more accessible to people to like know which direction you have to go uh what elements you need to look out for like they've done that through lighting and visuals like uh, the original doesn't you can get lost at times and i I think the first mission is a testament to that i think i've played the first mission uh, a good 40 or 50 times now and i still don't know where you have to go at the end of it Mm. yeah it's, it's very true I have to admit that uh, I'm I'm a big fan of Camp Combat Evolved Anniversary. I think that it makes one of my favorite games of all time probably the the most accessible way to play it. Hmm. Um, and I I really value that. I really value that I can go back and play a game from my childhood without it looking too too bare, too blocky, um, and you know well lit and accessible. You know you know which way you're going as you say. Um, now, I would like to briefly mention that this isn't the exact 2001 version of Halo Combat Evolved in the original graphics because this was taken from the Gearbox PC port, which some people have sort of reservations about because some of the assets changed from the original Combat Evolved. Mm-hmm. Um there's not too much to say about that other than those really hardcore Halo players will probably still want to dig out their original Xbox and play it as it came. I think mm-hmm. the the original experience of even having the 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 beginning menu, you know, the original menu was so I, iconic. And iconic and nostalgic is a word that's thrown about a lot with Halo because so much of it sticks in the mind and we build fond memories of the experiences that we have with each game Mm -hmm. Um, and that's really important when it comes to in the master chief collection actually being able to choose the uh whether the cutscenes play in their original graphics or the remastered or the audio is the original or remastered but Mm -hmm. before we get too much into that i'd quickly like to lay out the story and I will do this really briefly in a probably terrible way. But you are Master Chief, last one of your kind. You're a Spartan, which is some sort of super soldier. Um, you're running from an alien threat. You find a halo ring. You get partnered with an AI called Cortana. Who you have a flirty relationship with. She's the brains. You're the muscle. You get down onto the halo ring and discover lots of mysterious things. Does that sound right? Oh, yeah, I think you've got it in a nutshell, really. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) 
that's, that sounded ridiculous, but yeah, I don't know how I could have done that better. Um, hmm. Now, oh, what, what, where are we going next, Eldrin? Take take us somewhere. Um, with regards to combat evolved, let me think. There's well, we've got we haven't fully, I suppose, covered the in like the story in that sense but that's something again i think we're going to get onto in our spoiler episode but i think it's important to note as well that combat evolved came out before xbox live was even introduced so uh, there is a multiplayer to this game that is accessible through xbox live now through the mcc um but i i want to kind of say that i don't think it holds up as well as other aspects of halo do i don't know your opinion on that um, are you talking slander about combat evolved <laughs> <laughs> no I, never with I, you connor <laughs> i i won't have this i you know, when i go into master chief collection and i play uh something on multiplayer i'll probably turn on combat evolved and three if i want to have a good time Co- combat mm-hmm. evolved can combat any modern game for me i think it's uh, i'm such a purist though because i'm so happy with the physics i'm happy with the guns I'm happy Even with, with the um, the vehicles. If you tap against them, you die. Yeah, because you <laughs> know that you, you know that's how they work. It's it's not unfair. It's not how I they're mean, meant it, to work on her. <laughs> <laughs> it's unfair if you go from Halo Three to Halo Halo One, but if you know that's how they work, that's how they work. But those those, I, those I feel... multiplayer maps, though, Connor, they they weren't designed for the sort of level of multiplayer that they're getting now you know like they're not designed for 8v8 modes they were really designed for four player couch co-op really is the main thing uh, i don't know I, I i don't often get 8v8 matches in in combat evolves but they're often not satisfying because for, for some reason for me the um getting the power weapons and then those people keeping them and sniping everyone from the spawn is is not a fun time for me uh like, when i can never remember where they are yeah i, I do want to say just on on the multiplayer though like in in later iterations of halo um, be it halo 2 or beyond there's there's a real emphasis on uh players starting with similar loadouts and then going to uh, acquire power weapons on the map halo ce doesn't really have that because you spawn in with a hand cannon and you're like as your secondary <laughs> like so a, a three a three hit kill weapon like uh, I, I don't know people have kind of said oh well the battle rifle plays that function in halo 2 and beyond and it can be really frustrating to have those starts with brs because nobody ever goes for high high tiered weapons after that but like the ce magnum is renowned as one of the most overpowered weapons i think in the entire halo sandbox even even to the point of when it came to halo 5 there was a wreck weapon of the ce magnum that was a i think a three hit kill again and you could see how overwhelmingly broken it was whenever you brought it into warzone um but, but no, I, I think the, the multiplayer is fine. It, it's grand. Like, if you were to sit down, I think couch co-op, it's amazing. I think online, if you're looking at the MCC rotation, I I very much always switch that off along with Halo 2. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, no, Unpopular I, I, opinion I, for Halo 2, of course, but, you know, I, there you I'll, go. <laughs> I'll always switch off Halo 2. I mean, that multiplayer, I, <laughs> I can't stand it. I think it sucks. Um, I'll have Halo 2 anniversary, but original halo 2 to me it's 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 brutal every time i go on it and i realize how many people were angering right now connor (laughs) (laughs) i don't care i don't like halo 2 multiplayer and uh yeah no i'm not going to apologize for it um (laughs) i think a good thing to lead on to from the multiplayer is actually the the core gameplay of halo now when they were designing halo kind of the core mantra that they had was this idea of 30 seconds of fun and that you could basically jump in and each combat scenario would be a tight 30 seconds of rewarding decisions that the player would make and you know really interesting interactions so obviously the sandbox in this game is quite limited the guns at your disposal you know it's it's not a vast pool that you you have each sort of weapon has its job in the sandbox so there isn't an abundance of of weapons there's not any really um precision precision um 
long range weapons apart from the the magnum which uh odrin has always already said is a hand cannon which is a capable of uh, obliterating anything <laughs> but um the the actual gameplay what i find you know jumping back on this for for this podcast jumping back to combat evolved i always slip into that really fun thing of just you know i think some people call it the combat dance when you're running through an area and see when i'm playing halo i'm jumping all over the place i'm trying to like snipe people in one shot uh stick a few elites you know just kind of keep switching guns and shoot things and i almost feel like i almost feel like john wick when i'm playing halo you know it's, it's that thing of just like i'm gonna shoot everyone in this room but i'm gonna do it in the most kind of dancey way possible yeah I, I, I kind of want to touch on the multiplayer stuff just quickly as well because uh, I had a conversation a while back um, with Under the Mayo who is this uh, Doom Eternal content creator on YouTube. Uh, he kind of, uh, he, he, his channel kind of blew up when Doom Eternal came out back in March. Uh, but he was, he had done a video on Halo Combat Evolved at the time kind of saying that it pretty much, not that it ruined shooters, I think that was kind of the catchy title he was going for but he was kind of just trying to say that um, Halo ushered in this sort of cover shooter uh, genre that you know doom had very much not been for a long time or games prior to it like quake you know very fast paced action you know no reloading multiple weapons this game brought in the two weapon system reloads cover base shields and whatnot uh, I, I at first you can kind of see the argument for that but i, I would kind of say that if you were to say take uh, doom a turn say let's say take original doom and then like a call of duty game in the middle, I think Halo was kind of the bridge between both of those because, yes, you have a bit of cover-based shooting, but it's easy to forget that, you know, you've got a lot more time. There's, uh, there's a higher time to kill in Halo, so you've got your shields, and then, in some cases, you've got your health bar as well after that. So the 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 options that brings for you to move faster and move quicker and whatnot is a lot better, and it encourages aggressive gameplay in I that sense as well. What... Oh, sorry. I think what's really important to to mention about Halo is that part of the the strategy when you're playing at something like legendary difficulty is that it's resource management. I mean, you've got to handle the the ammo in your power weapons or the weapons that are going to be most effective. You're relying on health packs, and you know you've you've got to use your grenades sparingly. Every kind of combat choice when you're up at those higher difficulties really matters. So, you know, cover, reloading, it really makes for like that tense combat experience. And I think that, no, I wouldn't say Halo ruined first-person shooters because not every game has to be Doom. And I think there's there's something to be said for the kind of more realistic experience of, well, no, you're not going to be able to carry 10 guns on your person, you know, just take it down to two and f hmm. feel like a, a military sci-fi shooter which this game is yeah no i i will i will just add that it wasn't the case in the video that he was saying that you know everything had to be like doom he was uh, i think he, what he was saying was uh, and he was stating pretty much what we all know is that uh, once halo released due to its popular success a lot of franchises attempted to copy the format of halo thus leading to games like Doom and Quake, at least their style of gameplay uh, kind of fizzled out for a while until I think now we're seeing more of a resurgence of it with like stuff like Serious Sam, um, Doom, obviously uh, Quake Champions and whatnot. Like there's a lot of stuff coming back now and I think there's that harmony is being bridged between them. But um, Halo, I think I, I, we need to we need to look at it. Even if even if you look at Halo's multiplayer, and you think oh, it's very basic. Uh, it, it is still a trendsetter. Like most games, multiplayer's now that have a similar uh, two weapon system, cover based shooting, uh, will take direct inspiration from Halo. Um, that at least that level. Um, and there is there is a level of combat strategy in that as well. Like I think Connor, you and I have had discussions before, and it's it's abundantly clear when you start the game that like you talk about resource management. Like some cases you'll have a rocket launcher, and then you'll see a sniper. Uh, but sometimes you might pick to not take the sniper because it's better to have sort of a an assault rifle or a magnum as your secondary, so you can pick off enemies in a smaller crowds rather than wasting uh, power shots on them. Um, there's also elements as well like so 
resource management wise if you come up against an elite and you don't have any heavy weapons it's better to have a plasma rifle and a pistol so that you can take down the shields with a plasma weapon then get a kill with the bullets afterwards the, that that's thought to you very quickly and very simply um but no yeah there's, there's a lot of depth to the gameplay there that i think a lot of people sort of disregard as oh you just go into a room shoot a load of people uh, get behind cover wait for your health to go all the way back up again and then do the same uh, but it, it there is a lot more complexity to it than that Mm. And when you were talking there, I was trying to think of the last time I played a shooter that I thought was as innovative, or maybe that's not a fair statement. But when would you say was what game was the last innovative shooter that you played? Um, like similar to Halo, or just in regards to being completely no, different? Just a first-person shooter that was trying something different and pulled it off or maybe didn't pull it off but was different um i think i suppose there's there's something to be said for like the sort of uh team fortress 2 style shooters um that obviously uh, bring forth the idea of you know having a support having an assault you know managing different variables of uh, so say if you're the scout you run quicker but you have a lower health than say uh a heavy who has who walks slower but has higher weapons and higher health so so there's i think that's a that's very much a different style and we've seen that mimicked now in games like overwatch um and oh there's probably other ones i can't forget there's so uh, well i suppose um is it lawbreakers was one of them as well i think is one of the games i'm thinking of that was a similar enough stance to that as well i think if i was to pick another game though as well um and this isn't almost, you know, making something new as it is re reviving something that was old and bringing it back into the norm is probably Doom. I think Doom did that again because there was very few games that had that core philosophy from the early 90s. At least that were in the mainstream and Doom kind of brought that back. So those those would be the two games I'd say that stick out to me as much uh, as being sort of iconic for the shooter genre i know i know some people like to say that call of duty is up there with regards for fps games i think it more so has brand recognition as opposed to it having anything unique in quality surrounding it mm. yeah i was i'm really struggling to think of shooters that have really wowed me recently because i'm i'm a big fan of bioshock doom and mm. halo um i might even think back to maybe Gears of War, Bulletstorm, you know, those types of games. But mm -hmm. I don't think there's there's enough. Mm. Oh, there, there was Titanfall. I haven't played Titanfall, actually, but I, I hear a lot of people praise Titanfall too. Mm. But actually, I don't think we've seen a great evolution of first-person shooters. I think, you know, since Halo and Doom established certain conventions games have really stuck to one or the other i feel there is um there's a game at the moment and i can't remember the name of it for the life of me but it brands itself as being the mix between portal and halo and it's like it's a multiplayer sort of arena based shooter game and you can pretty much alter the way in which the battlefield roams by using say the portal mechanics to create a portal in one area and shoot yourself over somewhere else but has say the weapons of like halo so it has like a br style weapon and different bits like that i i, I need to figure out the name of that and, and if i if i do i'll stick it on the screen in the video now if you're watching on youtube but that that is something that uh, i think it is is an interesting concept that people have come up with recently I'll tell you what you just reminded me of by saying a mix between Halo and, and Portal is the original Prey. Did you ever play the original Prey? No, I haven't actually. That that was a really fun game where you started off as kind of having Native American heritage and then you got abducted by aliens um, and you had kind of Portal guns and alien guns and you, you also had spiritual abilities so you could like get a, a spirit bow and shoot aliens and stuff that that was a really awesome game that i've i'd complete i always forget about and actually i'm i'm quite angry when people mention the modern prey because being a fan of the original prey i was waiting for prey 2 for a long time um <laughs> never got it and then get this reboot where it looks very very different so uh but yeah saying that prey, though a, good a game. fantastic game the 2017 one as well as fantastic if anyone's given it a look uh i i need to i probably need to play it
but uh, Bethesda, maybe you could drop it on Game Pass. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I always think going back to Halo Combat Evolved, that the different enemies really make the gameplay fun because you've got the grunts that you can kill in in one hit, but they're usually in packs. Um, they're usually in packs with an elite who's a stronger enemy that you will have to take down their shields before you can kill them. And then you have jackals as well, which have external shields so that they're vulnerable all around the um, their, their body where they don't have that shield extended. Hmm. And then obviously later on in, in Halo, you get... Oh, and the hunters. Sorry, I forgot to mention the hunters, which are very, very strong enemies that well, have well, like a... That... They're a one-shot kill in the back with a magnum. <laughs> a fatal flaw. We'll call it a fatal flaw. They're, I thought it was part of the, the core mechanics that you knew it was going to happen, much like the vehicle physics, Connor. <laughs> you know what? The f- when I came back to Halo uh, last year, and I hadn't played it in years, I was amazed that they were a one-shot kill in Combat Evolved because I remember having a real hard time when I was younger. Hmm. It um, is... Um... I think though, I think it adds to the sort of the charm of the game though, the fact that there is little bits like that. I, I like it would be, I, I'm not saying that like if it was the case that they saw it and then they were like, oh, we'll remove that. I would have been a bit disappointed with that if they had done that in the anniversary. I'm glad that they left that stuff in because it like it does add to the charm of the original. It's absolutely hilarious going back to it now because you you face a hunter and you know they're they're huge they've got spikes on their back they've got a huge hand cannon which shoots green plasma you go towards them and they go and lunge at you with a huge shield and then you actually walk close to them and you walk faster than they can turn so you can actually just walk around them and they can keep turning and you can just melee them in the back until they die or just keep shooting them in the back in in a quite hilarious fashion really um and then obviously uh about halfway through the campaign little spoiler but it has been out 20 years now <laughs> you do face a different enemy uh which it brings in part of the horror element because you face an enemy called the flood which is like a i don't know alien zombies uh which have little squid forms and then they have kind of infected elite and human forms and carriers which explode if you shoot them or go near them into little squid things. Like, mm. think Alien. This game is very inspired by Alien and Facehuggers. Yeah. It was, um, oh, what was it? I think, I think though, when, when talking about the Flood, I, I always find them less enjoyable to fight than, say, the Covenant. I, I don't know if it's just me. Uh, I know they improved on it in later iterations, but, like, it always feels very tedious when you fight the Flood if you face them before. Like, I think they're a good spectacle of the first time. Um, I think Halo 1 does a good job of it. And maybe it's, maybe it's the later games I more sort of have a gripe with them in. But, like, every section with the Flood always seems like you're just fighting waves after waves of, like, carbon copies. Whereas, at least if you're fighting the the like the covenant there's at least a, a, a like a slight chance that they'll be different maybe you'll come up against an elite with a sword maybe you'll have an you know and i suppose now now thinking about it i'm also thinking about the rocket launcher flood which are an absolute abomination to begin with but <laughs> maybe my maybe my uh, opinion of the flood is just tainted by um uh, everyone's favorite mission the library um but Besides that, though, I, I do I enjoy the narrative aspect they bring, and I think they're really well expanded upon in Halo Two uh, and beyond, uh, particularly with the Grave Mind. Um, but yeah, no, Combat Evolved um, treats them quite well, and I, I like that they kind of show up halfway through the game because it's like most shooter games at that time. You like, oh yeah, halfway through the game, now it's just me doing everything I've learned until I get to the end. And most games, you know, if you're coming to the end of a game, you're kind of like, okay, is this nearly done? But to throw in a completely new enemy halfway through is quite a an interesting concept that not enough games do anymore for fear of messing up a formula that they've already created. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I I think my personal problem with flood missions is, you know, it's absolutely fine if you're going to mix Covenant and Flood together in a mission because that variety of uh, enemy mm. and gameplay work really well. The Covenant the Covenant have enough variety within them to to make fighting them the fun by themselves 
But when you have a mission where you're solely fighting Flood, that does get really repetitive um, because you you know that you know that the weapons that are effective against them. And I, I will say I do find it really fun uh, combating the Flood, especially with a shotgun. The shotgun isn't as satisfying used against Covenant as it is when you're like tearing through Flood with mm. a shotgun. It's really <laughs> the shotgun was made for that enemy and yet spark yeah. has the has the cheek to say i'm surprised you didn't come more prepared with with weapons that were effective against the flood it's like have you seen the shotgun <laughs> i mean the, but, the yeah. sentinel beam does kind of put it to shame in halo 2 uh, there's nothing more fun than getting the sentinel beam in halo 2 and mowing down the flood are sentinel, are sentinel beams in halo 2 yeah they are aren't they yeah Introduced in Halo I, 2. I see. This is going to be a hot take when we get to Halo 2, but there there are too many Arbiter Flood missions. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I suppose we'll probably keep for another episode. I don't want to get too much into it now. Yeah, but what what, what we can say about this campaign is that there is the, the slightly controversial thing of... Uh, I don't know if, if Bungie sort of ran out of time or ran out of funds but they do reuse some yeah. uh, maps from the levels so you see the the map for the pillar of autumn is reused in the moor the map for truth and reconciliation is reused in keys and the map for assault in the control room is is used again on two betrayals hmm. so three levels are basically turned around or changed in some way and reused in in three separate levels. So there are only four levels in this game which aren't repeated out of ten. Yeah. And and saying that as well. Now I uh, think I, I I'm quite charmed by this because I think that each one they change in a significant way which I enjoy. I think that especially the truth and reconciliation that mission is a particular favorite of mine and when it changes to keys the the environment actually changes because you've got this kind of green you've got green pools everywhere and you're fighting the flood and the covenant as opposed to just covenant i think that's a really unique shift on that mission and you're kind of going in and out of the the damaged kind of torn apart covenant ship hmm. um so i think th although you know, some would say it's a little tedious. I think the limitations actually played into part of the charm for me. I don't know how you feel about it. I mean, I always like. <laughs> only looking back on it recently, I always laugh because, um, like, for us, a, a ship the size of the Pillar of Autumn, you only ever seem to be in really narrow hallways. Um, <laughs> there's never, and you never go up any stairs or anything. It's just literally. Uh, you're always on the same floor, just exploring this one route. Um, and it always just seems a little strange to me. Like, I, I would have loved that they had, like, obviously in the opening cinematic, there's a big shot of the hangar bay with all the uh, vehicles and marines and all that. I wish they had kind of maybe opened that up again. It's probably limitations, as you said, as to why they can't um, they can't do that. They couldn't do that at the time. But it would have been nice had we got a bit of variety on the Pillar of Autumn levels. Yeah, I mean, we do get to see uh, a different section at, at the end of the game, and especially on the on the final run of the game, there is a, a section which you wouldn't normally expect to be on a spaceship. Um, mm. I, don't, I don't know. I I'm I'm not too fussed about adding spoilers to here, but um, I might mention. Yeah, we that we can add this. We can make this just like. Um... A, a, like a spoiler episode i don't i don't think there's really much point for a 20 year old game kind of saying to people that this is going to be spoiler free <laughs> yeah but um yeah i'll just say the racetrack on top of a spaceship that's <laughs> take well not often on top of spaceships do you find racetracks but fair enough i mean um, i just want to say the master chief has a great way of somehow stumbling across um, just remarkably coincidental um, ways to get back to somewhere he needs to go very quickly. Like we see it in Combat Evolved at the end of the 
at the end of the campaign. We also see at the end of Halo 3. Um, there's obviously that mission in Halo 4 where you're in a ghost and for some reason everything collapsing around you never hits you. <laughs> I, I think I think that's just Halo at its best though, to be honest. You know, uh, like there's an element of like, you know, you're a super soldier, so you're obviously going to be uh, stronger than a lot of other people. But then just this like obscene amount of luck that the Master Chief just seems to come across as well also adds to the charm. You know, I've I've always viewed Halo as a superhero story. I, if you told me that they adapted this from comics, I wouldn't blink an eye at it. I I really think that Chief's origin story and all of his kind of adventures all play into like like they they could be part of the MCU. To be honest, I mean, I suppose. Um, um I I always um. I don't know. Maybe I have the sense of like whenever I play Halo campaign, I've always very different. I always have a very different takeaway from each campaign. Like um, when it comes to Halo One, I'm always kind of blown away by the level of exploration it gives you. Uh, Halo Two, I think, comes away with a very powerful message of you know extremist uh, religious ideologies and how they can control and manipulate mass amounts of people. At least from the Arbiter's side. Um, I think that's a really good story and I wish there was something more on that later on but uh, I don't think we ever get uh, as good a prophet of truth as we did in Halo 2. Halo 3 is kind of you know it's the big bombastic you know climax of the entire trilogy so that obviously plays into the very as you mentioned superhero sort of thing like everyone's there everyone's fighting everyone's trying to defend the earth and the universe. Halo 4 though is is a different one though because it's very much a, a personal story of I can't remember. Was the the original writer of the story? Was it his his mother was going had dementia, um, and I think a lot of Cortana is based off that at the time as well. So yeah, sorry, I'm I'm rambling here. Um, so <laughs> I'll I'll hand it back over to you. But I I would say that the uh the stories in Halo games always have a very significant difference, uh, at least in message that I get out of them. But they they are I think it's a testament that they're all able to still stand together as a collective group of games. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, in my research for the for this episode, I went onto YouTube, and I'll, I'll tell you what: what is really lovely is to watch people play this game for the first time. Mm. Um, now, a certain portion of of those people, I think, are probably going to get lost in some of these levels, because, yeah. as you said, there there are points where you just you don't know where to go. And I think that's due to the environments looking so similar that you go through so many doors and alleyways that at a certain point, once you clear a room of enemies, you think, oh, which way did I enter this room and, and which way <laughs> have I got to go? And especially when the maps are reused later on and in the anniversary to, uh, edition, there are very clear arrows on the floor telling you where to go. But because the maps are reused later on, they don't ever flip those arrows back around. So mm. there will be a point where you need to go against the arrows to actually go where you need to, which gets madly confusing. I think it's it's mostly in two betrayals that you can probably get lost. I'm trying to think of, of any other oh, Pillar of Autumn. Yeah, in fact, yeah. they all have kind of confusing environments. And it's not to say that the game doesn't have waypoints, because it does. It's just that at some points you can get turned around or it's not completely obvious mm. where you're supposed to go. Yeah, that's true. Although saying that I, and you were mentioning people playing it for the first time, I always get kind of frustrated when, um, and I, I get why people do this and they start chronologically with reach. I, I always think you should definitely always start with combat evolved. Um, because I always find the people that start with reach first, go into combat evolved with a completely different mindset and they end up being disappointed by it. Um, and I think people should play Combat Evolved first because it's got less mechanics that you need to worry about um, and it introduces you to really what is the core story of Halo. And, and I suppose this may be a problem of Reach, uh, but Reach caters to the audience that have already played Halo and they've played the Halo games, so they don't waste time um, explaining stuff that is already known to the majority of Halo players. Uh, so kind of starting in on that game is a, a detriment to anyone trying to get involved in the story. So I'd say start on CE, to be honest. Yeah, ex exactly. You you do not want to start with Reach because, let's face it, the whole significance and the whole importance of Reach will be lost on you because you haven't played 
the previous games. I mean, it's a prequel for a reason, and I'm I'm bemused by 343's decision to to put them in chronological order in the menu, because mm. I will always say you play them in order because the gameplay will naturally evolve and develop. Um, saying that, I am starting Yakuza with the prequel Yakuza Zero, and people are warning me. You know, when you go to Yakuza Kiwami there will be a simplification in in gameplay. Um, and I'll, I'll take that on board, but I think what they said was with a with a long series like Yakuza is that in, in Zero, you get introduced to the characters in a, in a really keen way and, um, and tells a, a, a story that's on a on a different tier to to the beginning Yakuza games, whereas Halo Reach, I think you need to play. Oh, I think you need that that distance from it. So, I I would play it after after ODST. I would play all mm-hmm. all of them and then and then Reach, because then you get you get all the emotional points that the developers were trying to hit. Um, during that narrative it i mean it is a self-contained narrative but it's like watching star wars rogue one without ever watching a new hope for, yeah. for any star wars fans uh yeah that's true because I, I would agree as well to play it after well at least reach and i know we're kind of going off topic here but i would i would agree to play reach after odst because i know book makes references to reach in odst he's like when they start to Actually, no, I won't go into spoilers on OTST. I think that's a really good game that anyone... And it's not a long game either, so I think anyone should really give it a go. Um, but yeah, no, Reach is definitely the last game. Uh, obviously, before like the 343 era of Halo games, so I'm talking Bungie-related here. But um, that's the last the last Bungie game I'd touch if I was anyone. Now, I, I got slightly sidetracked because what I was talking about was... Um watching people experience Halo Combat Evolved for the first time. And something I, I noticed in, you know, when they first boot up the game is, first of all, well, <laughs> for the, the woman I was watching when she was playing, she uh, got out of the, the main room after you finish calibration, you follow the guy, and then that way is blocked off. And she went back into the cry room and tried to find where she had to go next without looking to jump over the pipe and things mm-hmm. like that is like, yeah, maybe, maybe at some points it's not completely obvious. What was obvious to me watching it was that beginning mission where you wake up out of cryo and um, you're on the ship being attacked by the covenant chief doesn't have a weapon until he gets to the bridge and there's a scripted moment where he comes face to face with an elite and, you know, this uh, violin strikes up and the, the streamer I was watching, she she backed away and almost ran away from the elite. And it made me think, God, you know, his chief, who in later games is supposed to be this absolute impenetrable, invulnerable badass who will never be defeated. And here you are thrust into a situation where, you know, the ascetic is dark, you're without a weapon, and for all intents and purposes, the, the Covenant are quite a scary threat who are killing all the Marines. So I was sort of struck by the vulnerability of, of Chief in the beginning game, and actually those those notes of fear that it hits, uh, or at least of, of eeriness of of the unknown when it comes to the flood, uh, the the forerunner ring world and the covenant that I thought was, was really interesting because even by halo two, you're like some awarded um, kind of victorious uh, um, soldier who, you know, mm. I don't think there's ever a point in the halo where the master chief cowers at an alien again. Yeah. That is true. That's a very interesting point, actually, yeah. But um, I I would say, for me, experiencing this game, I think I, I said it when we were talking about the medium, there are three like really important things, is that you're alone through most of this game, and the 
the open world environments, kind of the silent cartographer where you're exploring the whole island or Halo where you're just landed on this Halo ring and you've got to find um, other Marines who have landed from other escape pods. So you're alone, you've got the, the vast environments and then the, the part the soundtrack plays in this game in the, in the atmosphere and the experience of this game is so vital and so you, you have to shout out to to Marty O'Donnell and, and Mike Salvatore's soundtrack for this game because mm. when you're in combat, you know, you've got those heavy drums, you've kind of got the the rock anthem. It makes you feel absolute badass. When you're exploring, uh, you know, say you're you're in a banshee and you're flying up into a into a blizzard on two betrayals and you kind of got soft music that comes in. For me it's always on Truth and Reconciliation, where you've got the sniper and uh, you shoot your first shot and then under cover of night plays, which is one mm. of my favorite tracks of all time. It's just absolutely beautiful. You know, you've got this beautiful music playing while you're slaughtering aliens. It, it's really quite <laughs> an experience. <laughs> and then you've also got this quite scary music with, you know, that you connote with a flood, you know, kind of the, the shrieking violins where you're on the run. So there's always, there's music on that soundtrack for almost every experience that you're going to feel in the game. I just think that the soundtrack, what it gives the atmosphere and the experience of this game is like so much soul, so much character and personality. Yeah. And that's true. And I think a main testament to the music in this game as well is that um, returning themes and motifs will come back in later games uh, all the way up until reach Um, like that, theme for the flood is heard throughout one uh heard throughout ce2 and three and then of course um well one of my favorite tracks that's introduced in halo through is the second prelude i know it's a remastered version um of i think the covenant suite i think it's called under o'donnell um but there's some really good stuff that's brought in um in later halo games as well but i don't think i think halo ce is on par for me uh, with I'd say probably Halo for for the best ambience music, um like Halo very much feels alien and the music reflects that, uh, and I haven't I hadn't really gotten any sort of other um element of that until say Requiem and Halo Four, um but maybe that's because they're both starter offs of a trilogy so they both have to cater to that, uh, but yeah no C's soundtrack is phenomenal and and given the given that obviously again we talked about limitations there's obviously going to be musical limitations at the time um they made they did a fantastic job with it and that's that's one thing i will say i think the anniversary editions do a fantastic job at um not updating the music in a sense but um making it have more weight and giving it making it feel more full Uh, whereas when i play the sort of the original ones the music at times can seem quite muted um, but when it's on anniversary, it's very much like grandiose. I'm gonna have to disagree with you there. Yeah. I I think that when it comes to Halo Two anniversary, the music is so much more present in the game, so much cleaner. I I think actually the Halo Combat Evolved soundtrack, there's so much soul and character in in the original soundtrack it's, it's probably the only one i can listen to again and again without getting tired of and mm. in the anniversary soundtrack although there's such a level of clarity everything's cleaner crisper for some reason i don't get as emotional when i hear the updated tracks and um just for this episode because i always play anniversary graphics and anniversary um audio um, when I play this on MCC, usually what I did was I, I went original cutscenes and, and soundtrack and, and audio for this playthrough this week. And I had such a blast on the game. Like it, it, it was kind of a renewed love of, of the soundtrack because to me, it felt more present. It felt like it wasn't just in the background. It felt like I was getting in tune with with each of those emotions that it wanted me to i i can't really like someone smarter than me could probably do a video essay um all i will say is that 
for some reason the original tracks just hit with me more yeah that's fair actually do, do you have a favorite track Aldrin? from ce let me think um a favorite track from ce there's a, a lot of people go for walk in the woods mine's probably under cover of night but i love the more as well um connected to the last mission where you return to the ship the more is such a kind of meditative um culmination of your journey so far and it's like a return to uh the first level and it's like everything is is coming to a resolution that that track really hits me really nicely and obviously the the main the main feel of the the halo music is kind of the choral uh gregorian monk chant and you know, so that whenever you hear choral music somewhere else, you'll always think Halo. I think after playing uh, six yeah. Halo games in a row. But no, go on, sorry. I think um, if I had to pick a favorite track, um, because it's funny enough, I don't really have particular favorites with regards to CE. I, I have very much favorites for 2, 3, and beyond. Um, but for CE, probably Covenant Dance. I know it's probably a bit of a strange answer. Um I don't know. There's something about it. Uh, I think obviously it relate. It it's referring to the title. It's referring to the gameplay sort of combat dancer loop that you have with the Covenant. Uh, but I I enjoy that track uh, quite a bit. I think it's something you can just stick on to and stick on and listen to. But it also complements Halo as well when you're playing the actual missions. Mm. Yeah, fantastic. I'm just trying to think of um, what else we can talk about. Have I I think one thing if if we're kind of reviewing these for for newcomers, do you think that Halo Combat Evolved holds up today? And do you think that new players are going to find it accessible, or are they going to be able to kind of forgive its kind of archaic choices? It holds up if you don't play any other Halo game, I think. <laughs> and I know that's kind of a, a strange way of looking at it, but um, if you go, and as I mentioned, if you play Reach, you're going to be disappointed when you come to CE because it is such a a change in, first of all, visuals. And I'm not someone who really cares too much about visuals in games. As I said, I play with the classic graphics on every time. Um, But like gameplay-wise, there's a few bits of... It's like there's some clunky elements, like I mentioned before, with vehicles having weird physics. Um. Not that I uh, there's there's charm in those, but you know when you go to play a game, um, there'll be elements of CE that you may find frustrating if you're used to say more polished uh, gameplay from like Halo Three and on onwards, or even Halo Two. Um, but I I would say again, if you're gonna get into Halo, start with this one, uh, because it's worth going through it for the story on its own. Um, it sets up a lot of what's expanded upon in later games and of course in other various mediums like shows and uh, books and whatnot um but ce is ce is well worth the play uh for anyone looking to get into halo i'd say yeah absolutely it's it's uh, got a slower pace than the the later halos because there there are less kind of tightly constructed combat scenarios instead you know you haven't got sprint you haven't always got a vehicle so long stretches of this game you are walking across a, a very large map and you feel quite small in the grand scheme of things. I think that, you know, not having sprint in this game, it gives you a moment to reflect and it creates quite a meditative, quite ethereal shooter experience that I don't feel the the subsequent Halos ever really get to again. I would like to see Halo Infinite do justice to the sort of feelings that you get in this original halo because hmm. none of the other games quite return to this this level or this at least all all the things unique in this conception yeah um but i think if if that's all we have to say on halo we could end it there so do you want any any other words from you eldrin uh, not at the moment, but I'm sure I'll be kicking myself later when I think of something. But uh, for the time being, I think I've gotten everything out. Okay, well, fantastic. Um, one thing to say is that if you are 
enjoying Halo after playing Combat Evolved or are just generally a Halo fan, please do check out Podcast Evolved because they are a fantastic team who do a variety of different shows related to Halo that uh, me and Odin actually met each other um, in their community Discord. So definitely do check them out. We are hoping to review each Halo campaign at the end of every month. So look out next month for our review of Halo 2. We hope you enjoyed this review of Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary. And check out next week when we will be looking at The Falconeer, which is a new game that came to Game Pass. And you can play it in the meantime and you can come back and listen to what we think. So thank you all for listening. And see you next time.